Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. This live edition. I think this is the first time you've been on this on the live edition, right, Adriana? For it's been a while, right? I think you're you're still on mute. I knew that was going to go. happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Welcome, 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 everybody. A lot, a lot of you that are on. Just to let you know this is uh, all live talking all about Mexican soccer for at least, we're going to try to see if we can get to an hour. Um, today joining me, Adriana Terrazas de la Ciudad de Mexico. If you don't know her, you don't follow her on Twitter, definitely do. Breaking news on so many different things. And uh, she works with To The End, so she always lets me know when things are on on To The End. And vice versa, we let her know that stuff is on <laughs> the US for To The End. Yeah. So Adriana, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining. What's happening in Ciudad de Mexico? How's How's the weather? It's either, we never know if it's hot, it's rainy, it's... It's cloudy every single day and I'm dying for it to rain. Like, we need like a really big thunderstorm, you know? Because it, it okay. gets like cloudy every single day and it's it gets like really humid and really warm and you just want it to be over with. So, And we have like a drought some places, so it would be great if it rained a little bit more. So, yeah, I'm kind of eager to have like a really cool, like, thunderstorm come along well, there the you. next couple of days. <laughs> there you go. See you. Uh... Really quick, you have some gamer headphones, and we have to show you this cool. Uh, check it out. This is All right. Let's see if she's throwing it on there, and bam, that's it. Like wow. <laughs> um, just wanted to throw it out the fact that she's got some cool headphones. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, anyways, this is what happens there. when you see Chicharito do Twitch and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's, I need to get inspiring. Some I'm like, I'm like, I was trying to bring some kind of accessory and like, okay, maybe I'll put some glasses on. No. Uh, for all of you that are joining. I, I, can't, like, I can't join meetings like this, though. It's too distracting. You should. You should, join you should join. You should get one of the, like, the gamer chairs, too. Like the one that everybody has. No, that's, that's like a huge investment. That's it like, is. like, a, like, yeah, like paying like half a car or something. Yeah, those, those, those get there. All right, if you're listening to us, you're watching us. There's 71 of you watching us right now. If it's if it's on the um, Mexican soccer shows, which I think Periscope, I think it's going away, and also on the YouTube channel, send us your questions. Uh, um, even if it's saying hello, who's out there right now? And we'll post them up here on the comments. And uh, yeah, we'll do it. So we're uh, let's just jump right in. We're going to be talking a lot. Uh, we have El Tri Femenil. We have the CCL. We have new friendlies from Mexico. Then Liga MX is finally showing up to this team. So there's lots and lots to cover. So we're going to jump right in. We also have a uh, a guest that will be joining us um, from uh, Grupo Rodriguez, specifically from Santos. Uh, we're just going to chat a little bit really quick on some community, community involvement. So should be, should be, should be uh, a lot. So we're going we're gonna to jump right into CCL talk. And, uh, and yeah. Let's let's go ahead and start. Adriana CCL started last week, and lots and lots of people were talking about how maybe this could have been the easiest round for Mexican teams that they can get to it just because of the the caliber of the teams that were were there: Monterrey, León, Cruz Azul, and obviously América. But it wasn't like they streamrolled. In fact, a little surprise with the MLS teams going. How did you take it? Um, I mean, usually when, when this tournament comes along, I mean, it, it, it was supposed to start, I think, in March, and it was delayed mm -hmm. a, a bit until April. We're always kind of doubtful regarding how MLS teams will join, because this is when having the counter that they have kind of has that disadvantage of coming in preseason, team, like new players coming in, 
um, not actually having a competitive tournament right before, unlikely a mix, which is halfway through its tournament. So I think they always have that kind of handicap, which might not be such a handicap if you look into the MLS, because that means that they have this for kind of like a preseason uh, coming into the tournament that begins this weekend. So, I mean, the thing with this tournament is where we need MLS teams to be more competitive with Liga MX play, uh, teams at this point, but we also need the rest of the CONCACAF to be way more competitive because other than that, it just seems as though the other teams won't take it as seriously. I mean, we yeah. had Cruz Azul travel with like minus eight like starting players for Liga MX. Um, same thing with some of the other teams. So unless we start seeing higher competition, I think MLS and Liga MX are probably not going to take it as seriously as they should until probably semifinals or something. Yeah, yeah. Right away, we get the comments. Where Chivas at? Ooh. <laughs> oh, the burn. Adriana, Adriana is the, the bird. Uh, that's funny. Coming into the conversation, I will. Yeah, where is Chivas at? It's, uh, not, I don't we're we're struggling to make it to, to Repechaje. <laughs> <laughs> we can't Even be distracted there. at this point. Even there. Uh, showing you a little bit of, <laughs> of the results that's there. Here we go. As you can see, um, a little surprised because if, like I said, you know, Leon not taking taking the um, the win, and it's not Leon now. They got to travel to Toronto, which they always have the hardest. I was really surprised with the Costa Rican teams. La Liga supposedly make a statement with uh, after winning the league, uh, but going down, and even though there was a red card, and I got to watch that game against Atlanta, and they lost in in. in there in Costa Rica, also Saprisa losing it to Ricardo Saprisa. So um, somebody said it, I think, on Twitter. I think it was I think Martina Palacio said that if there's a time that MLS might win, it could be this one. But then again, uh, we, you know, that's we'll start seeing where the Mexican clubs start, right? Yeah, I mean, I I wish it were like like it would it would really sting Liga MX. I mean, whenever they if they ever, I think they probably will at some point lose the final against an MLS team. I think that's probably going to just shake Liga MX all over and just bring a bit more competition to the tournament because truth be told, I mean, we're looking at semifinals and it's usually all four Liga MX teams that's in the semifinal anyway. So hopefully we'll have that greater competition. Well, I mean, you do have really great MLS teams this year um, participating. I mean, I think Portland Timbers is one of the more competitive teams, mm -hmm. Atlanta United as well. Um, Philadelphia, so-so, Columbus Crew, um, current MLS champion. So, I mean... They do have something to compete with. I mean, just the, a bit more, I think, than last year. Well, right? I mean, if you're looking at the bracket, you know, on the semifinals, the quarterfinals, you know, whoever wins, Leon, let's say, takes over to Toronto. Leon and Cruz Azul will meet. On one of the other side is Monterrey will meet on that side. And then there's just America on the other side. So it's not like the, you know, we're going to yeah, have, have like all yeah, Liga MX. All Liga MX, you know, semifinals. We see that, you know, going yeah, through. If, if Atlanta goes through, that's, I would think, the quarterfinal up there. And then, you know, America is going to have a quarterfinal there with maybe Portland Timbers. Um, that's a pretty good. That would be a pretty good yeah. match, to be honest. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. And, yeah, so, I mean, we can definitely see that there's 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 definitely some in there. You know, the Leon Cruz Azul, which would be kind of funny because uh, as, as we've seen Cruz Azul, right, mm -hmm. able to take that, that legend there. We'll talk a little bit more about Liga <laughs> Mekis in a minute. But um, if they do, I mean, those dates are in there. We'll, we'll see when, whenever they uh, they face each other. That Cruz Azul and Leon match, if they're on the quarterfinals, will be kind of interesting too. 
Yeah, agreed. I mean, again, I just hope it, it brings up like tougher competition because that that way clubs will take it even more seriously. I mean, I know it's it's a difficult moment for Liga Max teams. You're, you're thinking about if you're going to make it through the quarterfinals directly, mm-hmm. if you're going to be in the repechaje, tons of injuries. I mean, I think America only had like an, like an entire roster available last weekend. So you kind of have to look in on that. Obviously, traveling, coming back, COVID testing. So it's it's definitely not easy, but um, but yeah, but still, I, I wish it were just a bit more competitive. That way, I think we would all benefit from that. Yes, definitely. So we'll see. We are we have our first guest. Who I'm going to add to the stream around now, right now, so so we can talk to see if she's able to join. Laura, you able to uh, to hear us? Okay. Yes, I hear you're fine. How are you? Doing great, great. Thank you for joining the Mexican Soccer Show. This is a first, by the way, that uh, having someone like you uh, join uh, the, the show to just talk a little bit about something very, very important, right, which is which is how to bring the community together. Uh, just a really quick, uh, Laura, is the, she's the president of Ganar Sirviendo, which is the Grupo Rilegi Social Outreach Program. Uh, and let me make sure I, I, uh, I say your name correctly. Because it's very important. Laura Calv de Irragorri, right? Right. Right. The Calv, where, where does that come from, Laura? From German, actually. There you go. See, so we learned something new anyway. Um, regarding the program, Guerreton is, uh, is, is very important. Laura, tell us a little bit about it and uh, the impact that it's making. Yes, well, this is our eighth. Uh, Gerreton. We had to postpone last Gerreton because of COVID, but this mm-hmm. year we wanted to make it because of the kids. I mean, they've been at home, they haven't been able to go to school, they haven't been able to socialize. So this year was very important for us to have it. This year we are not having the shower, but we tropicalized it a little bit, as you can see on the video right now. We, mm-hmm. made, um, we made a caravana that it's still in right now when people are having birthdays or the kids are having their birthday, their friends go in their cars and say happy birthday oh, wow. through their car. So now we wanted to make it a little bit like that. So we had cars going into the stadium and throwing their stuffed animals and their balls because the, we are not going to have it the 18th of April when we are playing against the yeah. Yeah, it's specifically why toys and why children. There's so many different ways to, to you know, to get to the community. Why do you think that's important, Lara? Well, children are the future of of our world, so we want to encourage them to play. It's it's something that gives them hope, illusion. So they they learn through playing. So that's why we we wanted to do it with toys. Got it. Yeah. And, and is there a goal this year of what you yes. want to do? Yes. Two years ago, we, we gathered 9,000. So this year's goal is 10,000. Oh, wow. Wow. I know. <laughs> 10,000. And, and how, and are you pretty confident that it'll get there? I mean, is, is, is it already like spreading the word? Yes, it's spreading the word. The caravana, as you can see, was amazing. Mm-hmm. There were lines of cars all the time going into the stadium. They saw the players 
We had the female players and the men players. So it was amazing. We had the Guerrero, as you can see it now. And we also have uh, in our website, Santo Shop, www.santoshop.mx, where you okay. can donate a stuffed animal for as low as 50 pesos or $2.50. Wow. Awesome. Well, that's definitely, we'll, we'll tweet it out and we'll make sure people here in the United States find a way to contribute in the sense. Um, it seems like Rupert Oleghi, you know, the, the organization is always doing something different, right? Even we see it on a very small basis with Liga Mekis uh, teams that are, you know, have an English channel or are doing things in the community. And Santos is, is always striving to do something different. Uh, and impactful, and I think that comes from you know from the organization. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. For us, uh, our social responsibility uh, programs, we always say that it's the backbone of of Group Orlegi. It's what motivates us, and it's ganar sirviendo, which is winning by serving, serving others, serving the people who are mm -hmm. more vulnerable. Perfect. Well, well, great. I don't know, Adriana, if you either have any other questions and of especially someone says <laughs> I would just like to say that everything that Santos does usually is so impactful because you have the kids that are, are coming into the games and you choose them and you, they're like um, every season you have a different kid that's kind of like uh, like supporting the team. So I know you do that. Um, you constantly have the, the guerretons. And I know it's it's something that I think identifies Santos, and it's really different. You you see other teams helping, but with Santos, it's more like an identity that comes with the club. You know that it's not only about playing, but it's also about doing something for the community. So I would just like to, to point that out because you you can tell that that's totally different from from Santos. And there's always this identity with people from Coahuila that they're 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 luchones, right? They they help every time they can, and they're really hardworking people. So it, this just comes along amazingly with, with Santos and everything you guys are doing for the community. I just wish other clubs would look into that and find other ways that they could also involve themselves even more with their communities, right? Thank you, Adriana. Adriana, I agree. For us, the social responsibility work is, as I said, our core. It's what identifies us. We do it with our players. All of our players do programs where they help the most vulnerable people. We have, as you said, the padrino or madrina, which mm -hmm. is a kid with a, with a different disability that goes all the year with the players and they, we learn about the, the, the discapacity they have. This year we are focusing on people who cannot see. So we are learning oh. a lot about those people. So that's what we do. We try to help people, but also to learn about the disabilities and ways that we can be together in this community. Wow. Well, uh, from the Mexican Soccer Show, um, thank you so much, Laura, for spending some time with us. And we're going to be tweeting out all the information. And this is this is a way for us to you know to get involved here in the U.S., especially with a great organization. And I know uh, you know you have a busy schedule, so <laughs> thank you for taking some time uh, with us here at the Mexican Soccer Show. You're welcome anytime. Let us know how we can get involved and just to do our, our part of getting into the community and what you guys are doing. No, thank you for having me because being in shows like this one help us get through all of our fans in the U.S. and all over the world. So thank you for having me and giving me a space with you. No, thank you so much, Larry, and we'll, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Thank you.
It's just, it's so cool that I, I mean like I said and, and it's not a lie if you if you listen to it that's that that group Orlegi Santos Atlas they're always doing something different in that sense to even having yeah. just the English account like I said so it was really cool for them to come on and and we'll do that so right now I'm sure um, we'll we'll prepare some information for you guys to do and you're able to do that. Yeah, I mean and and what I was saying is is really true. I mean there's kind of like an identity here in Mexico with every state. You know how people are. Um, within different states, and one thing about Coahuila, it's it's such a difficult region. Sometimes it's it's dry, it's desert. I mean, you, you remember? I think it was like a month ago we had like the mm -hmm. sandstorm in the movie game. So it's a really difficult place sometimes, like geographically. But that just has proven to be like a challenge for people there, and it just shows how hardworking they are. I mean, you really go there, and you can really tell people are really like it's fine. You say luchones, they they really mm -hmm. fight to get things done. So yeah. I think the way that Santos has just managed that and made that part of the part of the club's identity is just so valuable because I think other clubs could do something like that and try to be just a bit more integrated to what their specific region is about. So um, amazing to see this. I mean, everyone has seen. I, I wish they could have done it at the stadium because it's so much fun to see like, yeah, like thousands of teddy bears just flying everywhere. <laughs> um, but the idea about the, like the cars and the caravan and everything is is just equally amazing and it is something that. Um, I remember some, some neighbors um, just not too long ago, a, a few months ago, they came and I guess someone is a grandma and I could see her from my window. And I think um, all her grandchildren came by from the car and were honking and putting like posters out and stuff like that. So I can just imagine that's pretty cool as well if you're a kid and you go to the stadium and you're looking at, at the players and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. So there we go. All right. Moving on on to what's happening. Uh, El Tri Femenil, right? Uh, big, big games. Uh, it looks like, I mean, and I'm sure you're excited. I mean, seeing the the so many people not only watching the game but talking about the games, the game yeah. that they had with Costa Rica, Slovakia. Although it wasn't, I mean, now we're expecting them to win. That's that's the cool part about about watching this team grow. Where before, we you know we're like, well, it's it's in Europe, or I mean, we don't know what happens as long as they don't lose a lot. But now you're you're kind of like they could have won this game, the game against Slovakia, and then now coming with a very important federation like it's Spain. Uh, yeah, give us your thoughts on 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 that game that's tomorrow, not super early like the other game. Oh, thank God, because it was at 7 a.m. on Saturday, and that, that was tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, especially it was tough because I knew it was going to be a really long day because you had Madrid, Barcelona a few hours afterwards, and then we had Tigres America, Cusum Chivas. That was a long day. That was a busy day. Um, I mean, we knew it was going to be difficult. I mean, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect from Slovakia. It's just a team that we don't know too much about. We, I think we faced them a couple of years ago in the Cyprus Cup. But whenever we did go to the Cyprus Cup, it was usually with a like a team B for the women's side. It wasn't really um, your top players at that moment, which was something that we criticized yeah. at that time. But um, I mean, this is what, what it's about. I mean, it's about getting those 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 games in, um, getting to know some of the players, making sure Monica Vergara tests out all players who she thinks are attractive once she sees them in the league or, 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 in, or in the US or, or in Europe. So just having the opportunity to have them play competitively, I think will let her know like who can actually be that backbone of a team and what other players she can look into to start mm -hmm. um, just having that higher competition within the team. So great to see them. It's going to be a really tough game uh, tomorrow against Spain. Um, obviously, when we remember Spain, we think about that 27, uh, the U17 World Cup final against them that we lost. So 
um, yeah, they, they know us. I mean, they, they, they talked about Kenti um, a few hours ago in the press conference. They know her well. They know what the Liga MX Feminine players are up to as well. Um, really happy to see uh, the league getting that recognition from other countries as yeah. well. But um, truth be told, Liga Verdola has been around for a while and they do have really amazing players. I mean, just looking at Barcelona and Atletico de Madrid, they have top-notch players. They play Champions League uh, for the women's side as well, obviously. So it's going to be a really tough game for Monica Vergara, but I think this is what we need. We, we need yeah. this competition. We need to know if players are up for it, if they need to work on something. And it's not, I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll um, learn as much just winning games that against rivals that are not as competitive rather than just having a really competitive game and learning from it and learning from your mistakes. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's giving the opportunity to play against this opposition is doesn't come very often. If you have any questions about El Tri Feminine right here, go to go ahead and put them in the chat and we will answer them. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, that you know, Ceci Santiago and also Ketty Rollins were asked a little bit about Monica Vergara and their leadership, and this is what uh, they said. <clears throat> Y yo creo que hemos estado bien, hemos eh, mejorado en muchas cosas. Obviamente este es un, diferente, un proceso muy diferente, pero las que estamos, yo creo que Moni sabe que, que estamos aquí por, por hacer nuestro mejor esfuerzo y este partido va a ser importante, como lo ha sido contra Eslovaquia, como, contra, como lo ha sido también los partidos anteriores. Entonces yo estoy segura que el equipo está está concentrado, está súper enfocado en hacer el mejor papel, especialmente eh, sabiendo que ahorita estamos en, en Europa haciendo partidos internacionales, entonces hay que aprovecharlos al 100% y no hay que dejar ir ningún, ningún partido para, para mejorar. Everyone kind of sees it. It's like a new era. It's a new beginning. And, and Monica is really getting that philosophy with these with, with, with the ladies. It, it is. It's, it's different in so many ways. Not only the fact that Monica Vergara took over um, the senior team, but you see it. We have, we have a, a, a Twitter account that's dedicated entirely to the women's national teams, which is different. We see players. We see decisions that just go by what we see every weekend in Liga Mekis Femini. We don't have players who are questioning why are they there and why isn't somebody else. I mean, obviously, yeah, we do have, um, you might think one player over the other, but we saw changes between the call-ups for the Costa Rica games and then for this game as well. We saw some players get continuity. We saw um, certain positions being called up differently because, yeah, you could tell against Costa Rica we might be um, just a bit weaker in, in one position or a couple so it, it seems logical. It seems as though there is actually a process behind it and there's a project that, that they're standing by. Just the fact that we're having friendlies. I mean, Amy and mm -hmm. I have spoken about this so much um, in the Hour Football podcast. Um, we, it was a year. We had, like, the senior national team had a year off. We didn't know anything about them. And it's every single, of, uh, every single other division in the national teams, men and women, they at least had a virtual camp during, like, January to yeah. 2020 to January 2021. At least they had that. But the senior team for the women's side had nothing. We didn't know about them for a year. We, we, we let them go in the Cypress Cup last year, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and again, it wasn't as though that was a really great call-up. We had some players coming in. I think, I mean, not national team material. I'm not saying that they weren't. But it, like all of them together, it just seemed as though it wasn't our A team. So just looking at that, we have now four friendlies in three months. We have different call-ups. We had a camp as well in January. 
um, you're starting to see a lot more of the project uh, that's going with with the, with the women's side and also with the U20. I mean, Maribel Dominguez had her first her first friendly with uh, with the U20 team against mm -hmm. Brazil. They had another game today. They lost both both games against Brazil 1-0. I really don't care that they lost. I mean, it's again, it's a process. It is Brazil and it's a powerhouse um, in any division that you face. But again, we, we just didn't have that. It was just not something that happened. You didn't have Brazil come over and play you uh, in the Centro del Torrenimiento. That just didn't happen, yeah. right? Um, again, the women's side, playing at the Azteca, I don't remember the last time I saw the women's team play yeah. at the Azteca. It was just something that, it was, it was so hard and difficult to know when was the last time that everyone just had a different date for that because we weren't really sure. We don't even have that information. And now we're starting to get that database of, of all this information and players and following up in them in Liga Mex Femenil. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just amazing in so many ways. Um, Liga Mex Femenil tweeted out yesterday or today. I don't know. I mess up days now, um, but they, in the same like period of time, they've grown 8% with TV audiences and they had a record audience uh, a couple of weeks ago with the Clásicos. So it's starting growing. to all come together. Yeah. Coming it's starting together. to grow and coming together. Yeah. And we're getting to see the players. We're going to see the talent of the players. You know, it's this almost the same thing that's happening. Players wanting to go to Europe, for example. You're, you're starting to see the exportation of players. You know, what Kenty's what has done, what Ceci's doing over there. You know, Kiana Palacios is doing over there. Um, one of the questions I was asked here at the press conference before we uh, were done with this topic is, um, let me see if I can get it. One of them was, there we go. Was, was, a, was a question to, I believe, was a question to I believe um, Kenti saying, "Can we, you know, who who should they look up to, in in terms of going abroad?" I don't know if you if you if you're if you're on the if you're on that that question. And I think Kenti kind of laughed a little bit, as you can see right here, because <laughs> I think everybody's re referring to Kenti saying, "Hey, I made it to the Real Madrid. Everyone should too." Is what we do with the men's right? Look yeah, it is. Look, look what Rafa meant. You should be like like Guardado. You should be like Tecatito to all the guys. And it was a question yeah. that was asked. It's the same thing, saying, hey, you know, who the people should look up to <laughs> whenever, you know, whenever, you know, the girls or the uh, young girls and then also the players in the national team. And this was her response, which is a little bit different. She laughs. Yo creo que cada una tiene que seguir los pasos que... Que, sí. que, exacto, que desee, no tienen que, mi idea siempre ha sido que no tienen que seguir a nadie e intentar parecerse, tienen que ser ellas mismas y yo las, bueno, las veo muy capaces a todas las que están aquí o están en México de luchar por lo que, por lo que quieren y conseguirlo. Which, I was a little bit thrown off because normally it's like, yeah, us, get to Europe, but she's like, no. Yes, look at me, look at me. <laughs> you need to do what you need to do. Uh, but it is Kenti. She's always like that, though. Getting to know her a little bit more. I don't, you know, yeah. she's not a look at me, look at me type of person. No, she's, she's amazing with her responses. It's, it's just amazing to see. I mean, when she's spoken about uh, the Players Association in Spain, mm -hmm. for instance, and how they're trying to support players over here in Liga Max and stuff like that, it's, she's, she's really, like, to the point, which is amazing as players. I, I appreciate that from all women's players, to be honest, because mm -hmm. with the men, it's kind of like they don't want to answer anything, usually. Um, and I, and it's, it's an awesome response. I mean, you don't have to be like anybody else. If you're just the way you want to be and you, and you cheat and you, you strive to be a better person every single time, you're just going to surprise yourself with how many goals you're achieving. So, um, that's an amazing response. I mean, if you look at your, her career, it's just an example of that, how she hasn't stopped growing, 
whether it's with the national team, whether it's with her professional career with, as a club, like it, it, it's Kenti it's all the way. I mean, you see it all the time. Um, I, I remember when they played the, the Pan American Games in Lima, she has family in Lima, which is amazing. And just every time she spoke about this, it was like, this is what it comes down to. I mean, all these sacrifices, um, they'll give you good, 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 um, good results and, and you'll achieve your goals if you just have that in mind every single day, mm -hmm. because it is difficult. I mean, these, these are some of the players that really didn't benefit from the league. Some of them on the national team did, but not all of them. So again, they, they still had to struggle to have that professional career as women. Yeah, yeah. It, it, interesting that in that response, so... We'll see. All right, we'll continue. We'll continue on. Uh, the men's, they're done with their tour, but last week was also announced Mexico versus Iceland on May 30th. I'm so happy. I love the, I, I like, I, I love the jersey. I love them like in the Euro. Yeah. Such an amazing team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, it's, it's another friendly for, 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 for L3. And uh, it's the first one in the Mex Tour 2021, which everyone always goes, you know, the, the Molero Tour or whatever, you know. <laughs> And we can continue to have that discussion that that our youth teams and our feminine teams are because of this. You know, this the money goes into flying them around to go to Cyprus to go all the places. Look at four friendlies that we've done, and and we can yeah. have that discussion. Uh, but if you don't know, I believe there's going to be uh, they're going to announce, and it's going to be some uh, people that you're going to be able to attend this game. So uh, they haven't announced that yet. But Iceland, we seem to. Play Iceland every other year or something. I think we played them in Vegas. I think we played them in Los Angeles. It's some. I think they beat us. We beat them. Um, so Iceland is is good, especially since we struggled against uh, Wales. Right? They scored. They came back. You know, I has Kentata. You know, get through that bunker and especially high. Uh, you know, tall physical teams, uh, European teams. So I, I think it's a good test. I think it's going to be a really great test, you, especially because, I mean, the MLS players coming in, for example, I know we didn't have the best to say about Rodolfo Pizarro like, during the European games. Yeah. So probably now looking into he's going to have more activity with, with Inter Miami. So if, if he gets called up, it will probably be a better way to look into him and see how he's actually doing, if he's Gold Cup material. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm really eager to see the team have a bit more activity, especially because we know that some of these players are going to be struggling to be in the Gold Cup. Some of them will probably be considered for the Olympic uh, team. Um, so it's it's just great to see to have that activity, different rivals as well. I, I usually appreciate when we have different kinds of rivals. Um, and again, I, I love the Icelandic jersey and I want one. So, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I love, yeah, like the Thunderclap. That's so, so, so amazing. The Thunderclap. We saw and do you remember, the, the do you remember their, their Euro coach was a dentist? Remember that story? That was just yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, at the World Cup, I mean, they were, they were the talk of the, the World Cup. Not only yeah. the fans. You saw their fans. It was so much fun going up to them. Um, uh, so that's L3. L3 Femenil playing game tomorrow um, before we switch into Liga MX. Do the NA showing it in, in Mexico? Are they showing it in the U.S.? I have to look into that. I thought we were, um, but apparently it's not in the TV guides, but I'm pretty sure you're going to see the highlights in, in the website. So you could just go to TTN.com. <laughs> go to uh, the VPN service that I use is Ola. <laughs> and you're able to yeah, you can do that in. as well. Yeah. I, that's what I do. I'm sorry. I mean, if somewhere, I, I log in. Ola is a VPN service, and you're able to go and log in as if you're in from Mexico, and then you're able to go into 2DN, and if mm -hmm. you're able to watch, that's how I watch all the Liga MX games, and uh, 
So, dude, I could totally get some kind of like sponsorship there by telling everybody to do that. But um, J- that's, that, that's that the stream. Right Those are the streams <laughs> that we have to find out, right? So, uh, tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow at twelve central, or uh, it, Mexico it, time. It's at twelve cent- Yeah, it's at twelve central. It's just, I mean, you could just like link, like make your way into the Champions League games. You know, you start off with El Tri and then start you off with the Champions League. Stay on the day. Yeah. Stay on to the end of the whole time. Yeah, exactly. We've got Concacaf in the afternoon as well. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Very, very pro to the end of there. Uh, this is where uh, we bring in Carlos Justis next week to talk about <laughs> all the sports. All right, Adriana, Adriana, uh, you're here. We, we, I mean, we have to talk about what's happening with Chivas. I. For the one time that I would put on the Chivas jersey, so, so they could beat Cruz Azul, and uh, it wasn't a it wasn't horrible, but at the same time they let me down. But really quick, Chivas, and then we'll go into Cruz Azul and, and what's happened, Liga MX. Um. Okay. So truth be told, I'm a Chivas fan, and when I had to do my quiniela, I didn't root for Chivas because Cruz Azul is just playing so well. It just seemed so unlikely that they could actually beat them. Yeah. But um, still, I mean, I thought they were going to compete a lot better, to be honest. I, I thought I was going to would struggle a bit more than they actually did. Um, there was a great story because two years ago, when Leon had the, that streak of 12 uh, consecutive victories, who was the team that stopped them? Who avoided that 13th victory? Chivas. Um, yeah. So kind of thought, hey, it could happen. You never know. And Chivas could just end that streak right there. Uh, didn't happen, so now it's up to America to stop that streak. Um, <laughs> I go from putting on the Chivas jersey to throwing it in the trash, <laughs> put on the America jersey, let's go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I know there's lots of people criticizing Busetich and Pelaez. I just think it is a matter of, of Chivas' roster not being as strong as it should be at this point. I mean, you are relying on... Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's not as if you look at the bench and you're like, oh wow, we really have like amazing, like game-changing players on the bench. They're not, they're not bad players, but they're definitely not those players that could come in and change the game. Yeah. So I really do think we we need to just have a, a stronger roster looking into next season. Obviously, you don't want to be one of those teams that's now facing relegation. I mean, despite the fact that we don't actually have relegation, but the team that ends up last has to pay like 120 million pesos, which with all these things going going on with COVID and everything, it's not something any club wants to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, not with, and several teams still don't have uh, stadiums being open and stuff like that, especially the ones in Mexico City. So it's I think we have to look into next season. I do think they're struggling. I think um, the U20 team hasn't been as strong a source of new players coming in uh, constantly. It was something that you could usually look at U20s. And you could kind of identify those players like, oh, I, I've heard about this player and he should come in and uh, he should get called up to the senior team and start getting minutes. And we're just not seeing that. So I think it's, it's difficult everywhere you, where you look at it. And it's, um, it's difficult to get players from other teams because they're so expensive. And it's not as if you're bringing in U20 players that are like are, are going to change the game for any time soon. So, yeah. yeah. Well, continuing to see what you us. Not as a horrible season, but at the same time disappointing, and uh, I'm sure yeah. the fans in the same way. And we'll see what where where they go. Um, but but uh, uh, the teams that are doing it right, obviously we talked about Cruz Azul, Cruz Azul America are on another level. Leon gaining it, gaining it back. Um, yeah. But uh, interesting, what's going to happen in the, this the the classic capitalino? It's there's there's a lot on the line of it because yeah. 
Solari now, uh, you know, coming in and, and doing really well. What they did with the Tigres, you know, and then the Cruz Azul's coming. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's a it's game to... So many things remember. on the line, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got first place versus second, Clásico Capitalino, so you've got rivalry right there. Um, America coming in from a Tigres match, which despite despite how Tigres is doing, it's still a high rivalry match. It's it is. Oh, it yet, is. But it's a high rivalry match. Um, well, I don't remember last time that America. Victory, so. Yeah, America humiliated Tigres like that at the in Nuevo Yeah, Leon. Universitario. Like, it doesn't happen. It wasn't in, I felt, you know. I felt, cool, like, badly for the fans because they were just coming back to the stadium and then they had to face <laughs> this. That's not what you want to come back to the stadium for. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah, so it, it was, it's interesting, like you said, right, the calendar on this side of after first eight jornadas, now the calendar is getting better with the teams facing a lot more, and you're doing that. But to you right now, Adriana, to say Cruz Azul finally gets the, the titulo? Well, we say that every year. That's the thing, so... Um... I see I mean, a little bit different. Like there's, I do. I, yeah, exactly. I see. I, I see a little bit different. I think it's like, confidence. There's no pressure. No, no. It, it comes down to there's like when they play. Look what they've yeah. done. And mm -hmm. even if they, even if Cruz Azul wins, like it, it's not a fluke or 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 that pressure isn't there anymore. Like I feel that that's gone. Even though the curse and all this stuff, like yeah, that they, comes in. The, yeah, that's like another tournament. That's another. Yeah, that's just a different yeah. tournament. But I, the confidence is right now. Then comes the league. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I still, I see Leon playing well again. You know, America, this is, the, usually we have that pressure with Cruz Azul when they're expected mm -hmm. to win. But mm -hmm. now with America playing really well, Leon coming and playing really well, like Cruz Azul is, yeah. is not like the top, you know, team. It's like they're going to have to do something to win. And I think the pressure comes off. It's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and I do see, I, I think, Again, I, they don't seem nervous. They, it doesn't seem as though they're struggling with this amazing streak that they have. It just seems as though they're getting comfortable with it, which is, I think, kind of different because usually we're, we're kind of expecting them to mess up <laughs> at some yeah. point. And now, even if they lose against America, it does. I don't think it'll feel. I mean, obviously, it depends on the game, but it doesn't feel as though it was something that we were expecting to happen like like five weeks ago. It's yeah. just something that okay, it had to happen at some point. Um, but it does seem as though they finally got things together, and I think. Uh, like most of all, when I, when I look at when I look at the team, they just seem confident, and that's something that sometimes as a Cruz Azul player, I can understand that you just don't have that all the time because you know exactly when uh, player when like fans are going to start complaining or just criticizing. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's see it. The other thing to take into consideration is if they do make it um, straight to quarterfinals, which I think they already did um, this weekend. Yeah is they're going to have a, like a week off and other teams are going to are, are going to have more activity and we saw that last year with Chivas who did have to play repechaje and that actually kind of benefit it, it was a benefit mm -hmm. because um they, they just got into better rhythm somehow despite yeah. having to play an extra game so yeah leon was horrible that first game against puebla right they lost yeah. and because they had yeah. that time off too it, it does that rhythm does take you away if your your players aren't there so yeah exactly so again it could be just Something to take into consideration, despite the fact you could have players and just rest them up. So, I don't know. It's it's something that we usually saw with um, with Liga de Ascenso. Um, mm -hmm. They had that happen all the time. It usually was only with the first team, with the player, uh, the team that was in first place. They would make it automatically the semifinals. I think they still do actually. Um, and sometimes that's just not beneficial. You just lose so much rhythm that you, yeah. It, yeah, you're in semifinals, or but you, you want that competitiveness. You want to be have your players be top notch and keep that rhythm and not be overconfident because, Oh, we're one step away from the final. Yeah. 
No, definitely. So we'll, we'll see where it goes in now into the Liguilla talk. So we're getting closer and teams are coming in. Uh, really quick, Cholos said goodbye to Gede, which was expected. At the, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It could be now, like the uh, the rumors are coming in. It comes back, brings that team forward. Piojo's back in the conversation. I mean, it, it's a it's a good fit, to be honest. I yeah. know. Also, Mohamed was the other um, rumored coach that could take the team, Which but have both been on there and they did well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, fans know them. They know the club. They know just about everything. They're available. Um, Piojo tested positive for COVID. I'm not entirely sure if he's out of it yet, but. Um, I think just because of how long ago that was, maybe, yeah, he's probably out of it by, by this point. So, yeah, let, let's just see who takes on that role and looking into whatever happens the remainder of the season and looking into next season as well. That'd be great. Let Piojo come back. Let Piojo come back and see where it's at. Also, <laughs> we'll see where it's at. Um, and lastly here, the Mexican soccer show, Nick Axa may have new ownership with... Uh, some investors here in the U.S., Sam Porter, Al Something, <laughs> he's an executive MLS club, D.C. United, all have agreed to place uh, about a half of a, like, a franchise area, Club Necaxa from Liga MX, according to people familiar sources. Uh, their group of this investor is Eva Langoria, uh, Mesu Otsil, and model Kate Upton and her husband, Emily Pitcher, Justin. It's, 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 it's like Angel, you know, English City FC, go <laughs> the investors that you see a lot in MLS, and they're looking into Necaxa and the rumors of Liga MX and, and MLS coming together. Everyone was excited about these news. It's I it's it's so different. It's something that Liga MX isn't really used to. Um, I mean, I think we were all really surprised when we had Atlético Madrid invest in Atlético de San Luis. Um, so I, I'm really happy because I think it's just beneficial for the clubs. It brings in an entire different culture to the teams. It, it obviously brings in economic stability, which is really, really useful right now because, I mean, yeah, some of the teams made it through or are making it through um, the pandemic without, I mean, not, not struggling too much, but others really depended on fans being at the stadium every, every other weekend, um, play, be players being sold, and that was tough as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to see new faces come in and try to switch things around in the MX. I think we could all benefit from that and just having new ideas. Um, obviously, Necaxa is one of those really historical teams that are, have struggled um, ever since they left Mexico City, pretty much. So it, it will be great to have a team that's just that big for, for Mexican soccer history have that injection of economic stability and different ideas, culture, philosophy, and... I, I, I'm guessing it's it's one of those de decisions that will be approved in the next um, meeting with with all the other owners, and that's when they approve of everything and it's it's set. And so it's probably going to be totally official by May. So let's see how that goes. So uh, right now, Amy in production in the chat just says, "Wait, wait." Nakaxa tweeted out that they are close to a historic a strate mm -hmm. uh, strategic investment, like an hour ago, and I'm reading here. Including Nakaxa confirma la llegada de nuevos inversionistas y aclara que la familia Tinajero continuará al frente de la institución. The first paragraph says, en relación a las inquietudes inorginadas por los rumores que han circulado en distintos medios sobre una posible venta, queremos aclarar que el club Necaxa no se encuentra en venta. So, así mismo nos complacieron conocimientos. So, they're saying that there is an investor group that's coming in. Yep. They're not yeah, they said they're, they're really in. close. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they're not saying it's a done deal, but they're saying that they're really close, that they're having tons of meetings and working really hard. Um, and they think it's a historical and strategic investment for the club and for Mexican soccer. There you go. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, that would, that would be really interesting to see other, yeah. like, yeah, like investment coming in from abroad. Because again, we've seen this happen with Querétaro some, in some occasions. Um, so tons of like teams have switched around owners, especially the ones that are in Ascenso. Mm -hmm. So someone that can bring in stability, that's always welcome to, to the <laughs> Somebody said, like, why Club Nicaxa is probably the cheapest team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, yeah, they, they have struggled. It's not, I mean, just remember how many players have actually been sold to other teams as well. Yeah. I mean, you had um, Dieter been sold to Chivas. You had, um, uh, yeah, Roberto Alvarado came in from Nicaxa. I think he did. He, he was as well. So... Um, yeah, I, I think there was actually a story like a, like a year ago. You could have like an ideal like starting eleven with all the players that Nicaxa had sold just recently. So, there, um, so there it is. Yeah, so they probably just need that like economic fuel and just to have bring some stability and not think about selling their players every single season. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, well, guys, that's all we have for the, on the Mexican soccer show today. Lots and lots that we covered. Uh, continuing, you know, our football podcast that I know took a break last week, but we'll, I think, continue to be on this week. Yep. Um, we have Liga MX preview today. Cesar was, uh, I think he got his second dose of, uh, of the vaccine and he was a little bit, he's like, you know what, I'm just going to take a day. That's good. So we'll do that. So, uh, and then thank you, thank you, thank you, Amy, for putting it all together, a production of this show. All of you guys that were a little quiet today on the comments, just going to throw it out there. But uh, I believe we didn't get to this comment, and I'm going to answer. It says, what do you guys think of the new CCL format before we leave? Um, I just – okay, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't want to be repetitive, but I do think it comes down to the, just how strong the teams are coming into the – I mean, I don't, I don't think the format will change as much as long as teams aren't just having, like, stronger rosters. I mean yeah. – um, just yesterday, today, wait, that was it today. Again, I messed up the days. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but, but it's like the the Arcahie, like the Jesus rival. Yeah, they they I, did. I totally butchered it the other day. Yeah, they, yeah. It's like you look at them, and you're like, how do you pronounce that? Um, they were just saying that they didn't have enough money to make the trip for, to Mexico City. Mm -hmm. They had to ask Concacaf to pitch in. Um, because you're flying in, you have to do COVID testing, you need a place where players can stay, you can't obviously have more than two players per hotel room, uh, transportation, just like every like all logistics. I think they were asking about like $120,000. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you have a club that's kind of almost about to forfeit their game because they can't travel, I'm guessing it's not a team that's going to compete as much as it should at this point against yeah. uh, a Liga MX rival, which is sad to say, but it, it, I think it is true. So I, I think the format will will be like, it won't be as important unless we deal with those issues first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, I think getting on the CCL, they should be able to give some money to those, those you know, those clubs that I know they call yeah. for whatever, and here's this, this is what we'll take, and, and it'll be in there, so... Interesting. Yeah. We wanted uh, to answer that question. Adriana, once again, with your headset, that's 10 times better than mine. I have a... Uh... <laughs> I have a few, but mine doesn't light up. I think I have, I have one like yours. I'll play those gamer ones. Oh, I can hear myself. Maybe I should put these on. 
<laughs> and so there they are, the blue lights. That yeah. You, you have that. Uh, again, thanks again for everybody to join us on this live on the live show. Adriana, once again, thank you. Stay safe there in Ciudad de México and um, continue to do all the great things with you there. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. And yeah, thanks a lot. This another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Y hasta la próxima. Adiós.